0: Hello, and welcome to the Superhero by Design podcast, a show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace and I'll be your host. My next guest looks like a version of the Incredible Hulk, except he's not green and he doesn't have that inner rage of emotions. In fact, he is quite the opposite. This man is cool, calm, and even when he's performing in front of the world on one of the hottest shows on television, He's able to keep it together and fly through the air like Spider-Man. He is also an entrepreneur who is transforming the media space with his brand stories. Please welcome the man who will one day be on the cover of GQ. I
1: give you Zach Day. Holy smokes, that was a—that was quite the intro, man. Really well, appreciate it. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thank you. What's going on? Oh, not too much, man. Not too much. How you doing? Pretty good. Just had Christmas yesterday, so... One of the best times of the year, family time. So just grateful right now. That's
0: awesome, man. Well, hey, for all you listening, you can find in, uh, Zach on Instagram and TikTok. His handle is at I am Zach Day, and that's Zach with an H. Oh, I am yeah. Zach Day. Now, I already asked you the random question of how you're doing because I think you kind of tricked me into it this time. But yeah, how are you doing? How am I doing? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm doing great, man. I'm sitting in front of you. You're quite the guy, so. I'm on the Superhero by Design podcast, so I'm doing great right now.
0: That's right. For everybody listening in, we have hit the top 5% of podcasts in the world. Hell yeah, bro, that was quick. That, that was really quick. That was quick. Well, it it's for, I gotta give it up to my listeners, my supporters. Yeah. My community, my friends, my family, they have been super supportive throughout this. And mm-hmm. people like you, Zach, yeah. uh, we'll get into this at some point, right. I'm sure, during this this talk. But you've been amazing. It has been uh, an honor and a privilege to have met you, to have worked with you. And I can't wait for everybody to hear your story because it, it's powerful. And yeah. I know you're a younger guy, 24, 25, right? Yeah, I'm 24. Just turned 24. Just turned 24. man. Yeah. GQ all the way. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, well, let's um, let's get started here. So,
1: I'm assuming you were born and raised in East Pennsylvania, right? Um, I was born in New Jersey, Somerville, New Jersey. I moved to Pennsylvania when I was like two, three years old. So, okay. Basically raised in Pennsylvania, right across the Delaware Water Gap in, uh, in Pennsylvania, Bangor, Pennsylvania to be exact. Okay. Yeah.
0: How was that growing up? Was it more of a, a
1: city life? Suburban, oh, I can country. See, I can literally see horses like from my house. Oh, really? So, yeah, really rural, like pretty much uh, kind of like a barn vibe. Like there's barns all around. Yeah. We moved from the suburban to the the country, though. But, yeah, totally a country vibe. But yeah, growing up, pretty normal childhood, like middle class family. Think of everything we wanted, but like we, had, like we had enough. Like we went on vacations and stuff like that. But pretty much ever since I could walk, it was like just like baseball, like in my childhood. Oh, really? Yeah. American pastime. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I just loved baseball growing up. Um, it was kind of like me and my dad's thing. Um, put a baseball glove in my hand. Pretty much when I could walk, and he was like my coach like all throughout like Little League and like coach pitch and T-ball and all that. So really fun time. That must
0: have been pretty incredible to have your father there with you, not only supporting you, but teaching yeah. you, guiding you, kind of showing you the ropes of... I'm assuming a lot more than sports, life in general as well.
1: Oh yeah, like I probably learned like most of my, like my foundation of like my morals and my mindset, like that was developed on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. Like I learned how to like grind and work hard on the baseball field, not just from playing baseball, just like all life of, you know, life's lessons, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff.
0: What would you say was one of the biggest takeaways that you got from playing baseball that you apply even today in your life?
1: Yeah, I mean it was just the foundation. So like all that hard work that I put in, and like when I stepped out on the baseball field, like I wanted to out hustle everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't. I was always like a really small kid, so that's what I had to do. I wasn't the biggest kid on the team, so normally the smallest kid on the team. Like literally, um, so yeah, just out hustling everybody. I remember I, I literally wanted to like be Derek Jeter. I wanted to take a spot. Like I, I wanted to be the New York Yankee. Like I thought I was like the biggest Yankee fan when I was growing up. So. Yeah, like that was that was the first dream is to become a New York Yankee. It didn't work out, but that was like the first dream that didn't work out. Right. If that makes sense. Right. That's interesting. How how long did you end up
0: playing baseball for?
1: Uh ever since I could start, so probably like 5 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean even before that I was playing, but until high school. And then for some reason I just like lost the love with it. Mm-hmm. I was like probably like the star player in little league. And then I played a little bit of Babe Ruth was like the star player. And then the high school team, high school coach recruited me. Mm -hmm. He recruited like five players, but I was still like really small. And I got moved to like the, the big field, so to speak. And like that hit me really hard. And I wasn't like starting, wasn't playing a lot. And I kind of started to play with like fear, I guess. And I kind of just drifted away from it. And I quit like right before my high school tryout. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That, so that was been...
1: yeah. It was hard because like that's how I like identify identified myself. Yeah, was like a baseball player, and then I kind of like lost that. So, kind of felt lost a little bit after that. Yeah. So,
0: between baseball. So, for those listening, I'm I'm gonna take the cat out of the bag. You, yeah. You were on American Ninja Warrior. Right. Did that happen immediately? Like, when when did that start happening? Like, was that? yeah after so the
1: transition out of baseball or- a little bit so when i was like in i'd say like seventh eighth grade i started just like climbing stuff i started doing flips like i learned how to do a backflip in eighth grade and that kind of like made me significant like i would go to school and people be like yo do a backflip I'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it started with it with that and i always watched a tv show but i never thought i could do that stuff like my mom showed it to me and i was like how how in the world do these guys do that like they're hanging on by their fingertips they're flipping around things it's absolutely crazy and then um quit baseball and then i didn't know what i wanted to do but i was always watching this show and i really wanted to try it but there was really no gyms in the area at the time like there was probably like 5 gyms in the whole country now there's like hundreds of them mm-hmm. um, so you had to build obstacles in your backyard if you wanted to like actually go for it so that summer, like I think it was freshman year summer, I built a salmon ladder in my backyard, and my grandfather and my dad helped me build a salmon ladder in my backyard, like this 14-foot tall structure, and you hop a bar up rungs.
0: Oh, that's the one where you take the bars? Yeah. Or the long bar, and you're essentially climbing with the bar.
1: Yeah, it's like a free bar, kind of like a pull-up bar, and you okay. hop it up rungs that are a foot. It's like one of the most iconic obstacles on the show. Right, right. Really, really fun. Okay. Um, built that. And uh, I remember I just, I nailed it first try. I surprised everybody. I surprised myself. Yeah. I just drilled that. And then I started going to the gyms. Um, I went to this really big event in Connecticut. All the main ninjas were there. And I I surprised everybody. I surprised myself. Um, I could just like do every single obstacle. Just like off the bat. Yeah. I did a little bit of training before that. Like got really strong. Um, But yeah, some of the guys were coming up to me like, like you definitely have what it takes. So after that, I even went even harder at it. And then I started winning like most of the competitions I was going to. Mm-hmm. And it really just took off from there, like, like from like 15 to 19, I was just like ninja all the way. Yeah. Um, as much as like, I possibly could. Well, it sounds pretty similar, like for baseball, for instance, there's
0: traveling teams, right? Yeah. So once you get into high school or college, mm-hmm. I, it might be,
1: even be earlier these days, but- Yeah, I was on all-star teams, like all. Like, yeah. When I was like nine to 12. I was just playing baseball all summer long. Yeah. Travel team. Travel teams, things like
0: that. So is that kind of a similar vibe that you were talking about having to travel for ninja, for competitions, things like
1: that? Uh, a little bit. I mean, they were all over the East Coast. Like I would go to like New York City, Maryland, um, all in New Jersey, like they were all over the place. But I mean, it was definitely a tighter community, especially back then, like it was, it was a smaller kind of community. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, was, I started doing that, winning a bunch of competitions. Um, they started to form this league. I remember the first year they had, it was called the National Ninja League. I placed, in the regular season, I was number one, like beat all the pros out. So I got a lot of confidence. Oh, wow. yeah. And then when I was 19, they changed the age limit from 21 to 19. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get my shot here. So I submitted a video and I was like, I, I was like 90% sure I was getting on because I was probably like, if not the top top prospects of like the underage ninjas, like definitely top five. And like people would tell me that all the time.
0: Yeah. Now with with Ninja, you submit a video, it's kind of like an audition, right? Yeah. Um, but not everybody gets picked. Mm-hmm. And I understand that is it is a TV show. Right. And they want a story yeah. and all of that. So when you did your submission, what... How how did you angle yourself? What was your story at that time, or was it you kind of came out of nowhere? You were yeah. just like this this unknown person who just kind of came out of of nothingness, essentially.
1: Yeah. Um, originally, my story was like I'm this 19 year old kid who's gonna like come in and try to win the show the first year. Okay, that was like originally my story, but when it came down to the show, uh, my story was actually for my dad because he passed away, like literally a month not even a month before like I went on the show oh really yeah and I actually got the call at my dad's funeral so that was definitely really intense
0: that is kind of a curveball that yeah that you just threw there um sorry (laughs) I normally am pretty collected on these I I lost my dad uh yeah when I was in my 20s but um can can you talk about if that if it's okay with you can you talk about that a little bit like you were talking about how your dad was your coach he was your supporter he was the guy driving you around Mm -hmm. you know guiding you cheerleading for you doing everything
1: yeah and um yeah i mean he was like the reason i could even do that so yeah uh, definitely dedicated a lot to him and uh as far as you know like how it happened like he, he had a heart attack just like out of nowhere um I guess he actually had a prior heart attack and we didn't know about it he didn't even know about it and then he was working out really hard and then like after one of his oh on his way home like he kind of like just like drifted off and he actually got home and then he had like a massive heart attack and that was it yeah
0: and you said this was around the time you submitted your
1: yeah I was 19 I already submitted the video at the time I was even getting like all the day shirts made and everything because I knew I was definitely gonna get on um and then yeah I think it was like three weeks out and then yeah probably probably like a month out from like the show date and I didn't get the call yet but I got the call like the next week he died and then I got the call at his funeral and then like three weeks I'm competing on American Ninja Warrior so it was so much that happened that like at that one time yeah pretty crazy
0: yeah I, I remember when when my parents passed uh, just going through it felt like life kept going at a normal pace but i was moving in slow motion i get this visualization of me kind of just walking and everything is going like fast around me compared Mm. to normal speed but uh, compared to how i was moving how how did you feel in that time because um obviously it was your father your mother and you have a sister right yeah and so it was like the four of you yeah so now not only are you 19 years old Mm -hmm. but you're the only man in the family right um how how long were your parents
1: married together for Mm, at that time like probably around 20 years yeah maybe over that yeah 20 25 years i'm not sure so now yeah so now your mother
0: has to deal with the passing of her husband yeah your sister um, has to deal with the passing of her father as well and then you have this (laughs) coming on like just Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what you were
1: going through mentally, what you were feeling yeah, at that I mean, time? Yeah, like the time I got the call on the show, like it was definitely, like I tried the train, but like it was really hard. And it was, I was definitely like really sad and depressed, but it was like hard to like admit it to myself. Like I didn't want to admit it to myself. I just wanted to keep training and keep going and just, you know, see what I could do. Cause I knew, like I knew it was coming up. Like there was no, there was no going back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was super hard emotionally just to see my family, what they went through and, you know, just like sitting around the dinner table and like there's no one in that chair anymore. And like, he's not coming back, like all the family events, like, like he's just not there anymore. I mean, he's not going to be there physically ever again. Like, that's really hard to accept. And it's definitely taken me, taken us a very long, long time to like really accept it. But I guess just knowing that his legacy and his spirit is always going to be there. Like, it still comes through me. It's still living through me as long as I'm here. His impact and his legacy is is still living.
0: Were you able to tap into any of that? Because I know, for me at least, seeing the legacy that my parents left and using that kind of as like a fuel and a motivation Mm -hmm. you know there's things that i'll see during the day that will remind me of my my dad or my mom and i'll feel their presence there but that that took me a long time to be able to do that because for sure because you're going through grief and you're talking only a matter of weeks so at that time it's it's more just either i don't know disbelief or Mm -hmm. not not feeling that it's even real.
1: Yeah, almost. Like, it happened, uh, everything happened so fast that it was just, it was hard to comprehend in my head at the time, I think. Yeah. And then I'm going on a national television show for the first time at 19, so Yeah. it's, it was a lot. Yeah, and then, like, I had, like, a bunch of family members flying out. I remember at the show, um, I didn't, like, I was, like, the first-timer. I didn't, like, expect too much, but I think the audience was, like, probably loudest for me than anybody else. My uncle, he started his, like, all-day chant. Mm-hmm. So like when I was walking up, I just all oh, day, oh, like it was yeah. crazy. I, my heart was beating out of my chest. But uh, qualifying round, I I got far enough fast, when I think it was like twelfth. Like you have to be in the top thirty. I definitely I wanted to finish the course. So I I fell on the obstacle right before the warp wall. Uh-huh. Um I was kind of pissed from that. I I just wanted I wanted to kill it. I knew I could, but with all that pressure, it's a lot um second round i make it past that obstacle get past the warp wall and then i get past the same ladder and then there's the next obstacle that most people fell on um i fell on it too but i got really deep in it and then i got ninth place and then i was after that i was the youngest ever to make the las vegas um my performance like i definitely i was definitely like one of the best ones there but with like everything that was happening um i didn't perform as well as i wanted to mm-hmm. but i still made it to las vegas and like, that's the only thing that counts at that point Right. So youngest right. one ever going to Las Vegas. I get to Las Vegas. Um, I have, and when you go to Las Vegas, like the obstacles are so much bigger. Some of the obstacles are like 20 feet above water. There's this one obstacle. It's kind of like a kind of like a roller coaster, but you're hanging on by like a bar. You slide down this track and then like you fling yourself and, you've, and then you sl- like, grab another bar and you slide down another track and it's like 20 feet above water. Um, it's just so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an adrenaline rush. But anyway, stage one in Vegas, um, like that was probably like the run of my life um my like 15 family my even more pressure like 15 family members fly in um everything's so much bigger I'm there with like the top 100 athletes in the world and uh it's like my time to go and obstacles are huge and I remember I barely got through the obstacles um I had, like, five seconds left, and there's, like, this buzzer, like, beeping down. I'm climbing up the car during it. I'm totally winded yeah. with the adrenaline rush and everything. And the course is – it was it was a really hard course for me. And I finished with, like, five seconds left. And I just, like, slammed the buzzer. And I had, like, a 4BD in the back of my shirt, which is, like, for Brian Day, which is my dad. And uh, I just got to, like, look out at, like, the, all, the, all the audience. And then I got to, like, point to, his, to the back of my shirt. And uh, – yeah, it's probably like the proudest moment of my life because i got to like dedicate that run to him right and like i didn't just do that like we did that like i wouldn't be here without him If like he didn't make me the man that i was i would have never got to that point so
0: yeah no that's amazing stuff like so the the first thing you did was i guess a pre-qualifier it kind of gets you qualified to go to yeah so there's like Vegas.
1: five or six different cities that you can they're called the qualifier courses, yeah. and there's two rounds in that, and you have to make it through those two rounds okay. when you go to Las Vegas. So I was in Philadelphia that,
0: that year. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And how, how far between the qualifiers in Vegas is
1: it? Like, is uh, Well, it depends what region you, you're in. I think it was, I think I had, I think there was a month or two in between the two. I'm not okay. sure. Not sure. It, it was a while ago, but yeah, a month or two you have a training. And I actually, I trained really well in, in between that. I got I got like... I kind of like reached my full potential in that, so I was I was a, in a lot better shape in Vegas. Like I, I was yeah. I was ready to go in Vegas. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's crazy. And and because of that, you ended up becoming Rookie of the Year that
1: year, right? Um, or- so like on the show, they don't they don't like say like Zach Day got Rookie of the Year, but I went the furthest out of all the rookies like in the course. Okay. Um, there was there's it's a TV it's a reality TV show. Yeah. And they really wanted to hype this one kid up over me. Oh, interesting. So, okay, they didn't like they didn't make me super known. Like they showed me and stuff like that. But yeah, they, they, they like um, he was called the kid, and like they just I think they I really remember. just hyped him up. And like credit to him, like he he had a great season too. But yeah, I didn't get hype, over hyped. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I, I made it inside the top ten, and and most most people would tell me I got rookie of the year.
0: Yeah. So okay, that's interesting because when I would watch shows like American Ninja Warrior, <laughs> right. I would liken it more, and it, it is a sport, so I'm not taking any, any of that away, but it is interesting to see the television side of it as oh, yeah. well um, being, I guess, on the other side of the curtain, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really interesting to think of it that way because it is such an athletic, uh, physical sport, and right. it can be pretty dangerous. You can hurt yourself pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. For, yeah, for, for those listening, Zach and, uh, and Joshua took me to a, a ninja gym a couple days ago. Yeah. And I've never been to a ninja gym before. Uh, looked exactly like a gymnastics gym in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. with these crazy obstacles and everything. And, yeah, we did the, uh, what was it, the 12 Obstacles of Christmas
1: Yeah, that's a a different thing. No one's really going to relate to that. It's only at that gym. Only at that gym. (laughs) But yeah, the 12 Obstacles of Christmas. We did everything like the warp wall, the pegboard, devil steps, a bunch of balance obstacles, like kind of like ropes and rings and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was was absolutely incredible. I've never had my joints hurt like that the next day. It was a, a different feeling, but it was a lot of fun the people that were there were absolutely amazing for sure lots of different ages there are people that were older like me the guy that runs the gym I believe is 60 years old yeah he's, he's 60 61 yeah yeah so he's 60 he's ripped full of energy full mm-hmm. of life and he's just jumping around going yeah. on the bars and and doing just these amazing things and super flexible and athletic and Absolutely incredible um, at his age too for, yeah. to be able to do these things, and I'm—I could say I held my own pretty. pretty no, you well definitely too. did. Yeah, I was surprised at some of the things you so, did. Yeah. But that—that's one of the things, though. Like, if I had gone, let's say, to a ninja gym by myself, yeah, or with a couple friends that have never done ninja before, I don't think I would have been able to do the things that I did there. Mm. And it's so interesting that when you put yourself with people like yourself or Joshua who yeah. are experienced ninjas. They've been doing this for a long time. So not only do I get all the experience that you guys have, you get to coach me and say, Hey, do this or do that. Um, I remember okay. on the, the bars where you jump from bar to bar, they're yeah. called, I believe long, lachaise, lachaise. yeah, laches, yeah. uh, uh, the long laches. And so Without ever doing one before, I got to see people swinging, how they push their body through the air to grab onto the next bar and all that. So to be around that and catch Mm -hmm. all that, and then also at the same time to get immediate feedback from when I did it, hey, just try this or that, my learning curve just went just through the yeah. roof. And, and that so,
1: applies with everything in life, like no matter what you're doing. But yeah, you're right. And just just the fact of seeing someone do it before you, yeah, will give you the confident give you more confidence when you go do it.
0: Yeah. Well, there there definitely was fear coming up, especially like these uh I I forget what they were called. They were like unbalanced uh chairs or something like that. Yeah,
1: they're like they're like toddler um, stools, but they're very wobbly.
0: Yeah, so th- yeah. that that obstacle specifically was balance. And there was a lot of fear in that, but seeing you guys do it, pu- you know, say, pushing myself like, what's the worst that can happen? You fall, maybe bang yourself up. Right. But yeah, doing things like that is is definitely not in my everyday world. Right. But being able to do that with you now, I elevated my game. I elevated my standard to a much higher one because I was around people mm-hmm. that are really good at this, that were very supportive. Yeah and also everything I've trained myself through to push myself through fear and uncertainty and things like that. And so by the end of it, I was doing a lot of the things that you guys were doing, which was just insane because yeah, if if I had had a bad coach or have gone with people just messing around it would have taken me a long time. You sure. know, I, I went up the pegboard my first time, Yeah, I was which surprised. I, I, I didn't even know what a pegboard felt like, yeah. but it was, um, it was incredible. So I, I appreciate you guys showing me a little bit of your world mm. and taking me out. And it, it was just incredible, but yeah, just putting yourself around the right people and putting yourself in those in those positions where you can learn something very quickly, right. I think is just invaluable. And so, yeah, that accelerated learning was was cool. And it, it made it a lot more fun too. I don't think it would have been nearly as much fun mm. if I just kept falling and getting frustrated. Right. And the, there was a little bit of frustration that set in for anything that's new, but that's just your adrenaline kicking yeah. in, making you feel a little irritated. And if you're able to push yourself through that irritation, yeah then you're going to start to get it. You're going to start to enjoy it. And as I went through that course, my hands and my forearms were getting so tired, but at the same time, yeah. I was getting looser. Mm. I was getting more comfortable.
1: Like less the... fear and less fear as you went on. Yeah, exactly. You are putting in a lot of reps too, which is normally you probably wouldn't put that many reps in because you were just doing obstacles. We were all just doing obstacles back to back. Normally you try an obstacle, you rest a little bit, you look at it, you try to figure it out, and then you try again. Yeah. But that, like, yeah, you're just... Rap, on rap, on rap. Well, I, I think at the beginning, too, because there were
0: two beginners, me and this one, uh, one other guy. Yeah. And I remember when when you guys had said to the group, yeah, these guys have never done Ninja before. You could see in some people's expressions, even the coach, like, oh, man, this <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> right. But I think by the end of it, everybody was like, man, like these guys did. Because the other guy, 100%. too, did, did really well as, yeah. as well. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was super cool. I'm super grateful for you guys showing me your world and, and oh, taking yeah. me in. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, and yeah, I will definitely remember that. And I've got my my rite of passage. I got oh yeah a portion of my hand ripped off. Oh yeah, the, the skin and all that. But
1: wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, anyways, anyways, I want to I want to go back. Um, Back to the the Ninja thing real quick. How long how long did you do Ninja
1: for? Because um, you, you did the first season. That, you said that was yeah. season 10, right? Yeah, season 10 and 11 I was on the show. Okay. Um, my next season I went on the show. I made it past the first round, and then I just didn't make it to Vegas. Mm-hmm. But really, kind of like similar to like that baseball experience, my heart really wasn't in it mm-hmm. for some reason. I got hurt a couple times after my first season. I landed my wrist like really bad like two times in a row like i I, they finally got fixed and then i hurt them again um and i kind of again i kind of got fearful of doing things and i would train but i didn't like my heart just wasn't in it as much right and i kind of showed up but yeah just it just really didn't work out and yeah i just kind of was off of it but i didn't want to admit it to myself again i really i just wanted to keep going with it um but yeah i did it for about eight years, like seriously, mm-hmm. like from fifteen to, mm, I guess I, w- I would say like six seven years seriously, but then like the last two were kind of like iffy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it seems like a sport like that too. Once you get a nagging
1: injury, it, you you work your body pretty hard. It can, yeah. I mean, it's not the safest sport, especially for adults. Teenagers, it's, it's I like the teenagers actually took over. Like I think, like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen-year-olds are winning the show now. Like they're running everything. And that's when really when I was the best. I was actually better when I was like before show. Yeah. Seventeen, eighteen. Like I was probably better than when I was on the show. Yeah. Because you're lighter, and you don't even like realize what you're doing is dangerous, and you have so much time. You don't have a job or anything like that. So you have all the time in the world just to train.
0: It's almost like that reminds me of gymnastics in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I know the the younger gymnasts and they have an age limit for the Olympics right. I don't know what it is specifically I can't remember off the top of my head but right yeah it's the 12 13 14 year olds just can dominate because yeah, yeah they're lighter mm-hmm. there's no fear in them less
1: injuries
0: um, yeah all of and them. yeah if they do get injured they heal pretty yep. darn quickly exactly So, yeah, that's interesting that they, over the years, American Ninja Warrior has has lowered the age. Because I remember the last season I watched, which was probably a season or two ago. Mm. Yeah, the guy who won it all, um, I think he was 15 years old. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, for those listening, I've got Zach Day here on the show. You can find him on Instagram and TikTok at Day. So, talked about baseball talked about ninja warrior yeah what are you doing now well there was kind of a
1: another thing that i did um from ninja warrior i actually started a business where we built ninja warrior courses in people's backyards basements mm-hmm. summer camps sometimes gyms so right out of college I, I had no idea what i wanted to do i just knew i didn't want to do anything that i was learning in college, like math, science, history. I didn't want any part of the, to do with it. And I started to like listen to podcasts. I surrounded myself with people like Joshua, um, which is my business partner now, which is pretty awesome. And I kind of just started to develop this like entrepreneur mindset. So right out of college, I had a friend, me and him, worked at a ninja gym as a coach. And we started to start this business where we built obstacles in people's backyards. So it kind of worked right away, honestly. It, it was pretty insane. Like we, we developed this business. It was called Sen City. And within like a couple months, like it was it was off the ground. So we were making a pretty good living off of it. Like we kind of we kind of made it and it was really fun. We kinda of got to travel a lot, go to all around the east coast. We even like went to like Minnesota one time, North Carolina. Um, but did that for about two years and then my business partner he's called me up one day and said he didn't want to do it anymore. So then i moved on from that then i built a a online course on american ninja warrior and like how to do the obstacles called Sensity academy like how to do like the warp wall um the Mm -hmm. mindset behind ninja warrior how to work your balance how to work your grip strength all that kind of stuff all in like one video package um did that it didn't work out as well as i wanted it to i made some money i couldn't make a whole living on it ended up selling that and then uh started doing some stuff for joshua over here Mm -hmm. and uh like his he, he's, he owns a mul- multiple businesses, so I started creating content from the camera work.
0: Okay. So when, when you were doing the ninja tutorial video, were yeah. you doing all the video work yourself, the editing and the learned. filming? Okay. That's where
1: I learned pretty much.
0: So you you pretty much taught yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would I would make videos. Like I made my submission video for American Ninja Warrior. It was a pretty good video um like even even like middle school like i was like taking videos like we were doing like pranks in class like it it was it was very interesting so i was like always that kid with like the camera out and i always kind of like knew how to make videos and then um once that course came around i got a camera i got the lighting equipment i got the gimbal i had a drone so i had it all and then like i teamed up with like a video crew they were showing me some some things and yeah i pretty much learned like the ins and out of like videography
0: but there, there was no formal training. You essentially it was like a hobby of yours, yeah. something fun. Like, were there courses online, YouTube things
1: like that that you? Yeah, would... I take a, the full time filmmaker courses, which is probably like the best course you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no formal training. I didn't go to college for it. Really, you don't need to these days. Like, there's so much you can learn online, and you yeah. can probably learn it faster if you do it online because
0: you get to go at your own pace. Yeah, and yeah, it's funny when I when I was writing my book, I needed to learn a lot about the nervous system and, right. and things like that. And I called it, I guess, I didn't coin this term, but YouTube University. Right. And I was the first time in my life, because my generation, you would go to the library and there wasn't internet research. Or if you did, you had to be very uh, specific about how you did that research. And yeah. there weren't too many too many websites that you could go on. But yeah, I found just videos. It was absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. The um, how much content there is to teach you whatever you want to know. And it was just the learning you can learn at your own pace. And it just it was absolutely incredible. So mm-hmm. yeah, to hear something like how you taught yourself because I've seen your videos. You've worked yeah. with me on, on some of my marketing mm-hmm. and it's incredible. It looks like it looks like a real movie yes. and I, it is a real
1: movie <laughs> that's but what i'm trying to do yeah it's like kind of like the vibe i'm trying to do with my videos now yeah. yeah
0: so taught yourself throughout the years this was kind of just a hobby something in the
1: background but now mm-hmm. um now you've made it your your main gig right yeah i mean it was partly just because i knew video is so big like if we you know if you pay attention like our screen time's over five hours like on average I and mean, most of that time is using on video, on social media, just watching videos. Mm-hmm. So there's such a big market for that. If you can be really good at it and you can help other people market, super big industry, like especially for entrepreneurs and coaches and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I learned through that course. And then I started doing videos for Josh with his business, doing his online courses, making his content, going to his speaking gigs, making content, doing that. And then he asked me if I wanted to start a business with him. So, after that, I, I mean, I obviously said yes, like he's a big mentor of me um, to, to help me out with my business, um, with the Sin City business. And I was like, hell yeah, let's let's do this. So we called it Brand you And uh, basically it's a filmmaking service for entrepreneurs and coaches. Um, so they can kind of like what we did for you, your brand story, creating content in like packages so you can put it out and market it to the world.
0: That's absolutely incredible, man. Yeah, I've, obviously, I've, I work with you guys. Yeah, but I've, I've seen a lot of your other videos and it's just it's just the quality, not only the quality, but the cinematography that comes with it, the story that you create through film and right. audio. And yeah, the, the product you guys put out is just absolutely incredible. And for a guy who's only 24, 24 years old, like mm-hmm. it just blows my mind. When I look back at when I was 24 years old, uh, I was visiting the bar probably Mm -hmm. a few too many times a week and just spending my weekends just in front of the TV or video games or just messing around. It's absolutely incredible to see that a lot of the time you spend nights and weekends is working on people's stories, working on your craft you know, you're, you're a physical specimen at that. So working on your body, your health, all those things was, was that just a continuation of the work ethic that you had put in throughout your whole life, working with your dad, Mm -hmm. being coached by your dad. And then, yeah, just the, the focus and the drive that you had, it seems like that's kind of a common theme, even though you've jumped from thing to thing and yeah perhaps lost interest in baseball, then moved to Ninja, yeah.
1: things like that. But there, there's this common theme of just- Yeah, there's been an up and down wave, but you know through my past experiences, I just take all those past experiences and put it onto the next thing. And it just kind of keeps adding up. And I try to just keep climbing, like kind of the analogy of just keep climbing higher and higher mountains mm-hmm. as I go. And the mountain is the analogy, like it could be filmmaking, it could be American Ninja Warrior, it could be baseball. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you get to that pen, that summit, You look up and there's There's a whole whole new
1: mountain for you to start. Exactly. Like, shoot, I got to start at ground one this time. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's the highs and lows of life, right? Yeah. So sometimes you're low and like normally from that low, you get high again. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I. there's different seasons of everybody's lives. Yeah. And the great thing is once you notice what season you're in, it kind of, so for me, and uh, I'm going to use myself as an example, like right now, I'm in a winter season in my life. Yeah. And for the longest time, I had this just negative thoughts, negative energy. Just, I would not wake up motivated. Even after I did the 100-day challenge and completely changed my life, mm-hmm. I, after you do something big like that, there could be this big lull. That, yeah, that can happen absolutely. after that. And I, I found myself getting caught in that. Mm-hmm. But then after spending some time with you in Florida and uh, going to that Tony event and everything, I realized that I'm in winter right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody is going to experience winter. Everyone's going to experience spring, summer, and fall. Yeah. But first, being aware of what season you're in in life, I think, is so important. Yeah. You could be yeah, you could be in spring where you're planting seeds. Summer where you're grinding and working yeah. hard on raising those plants or maybe you're in fall and you're reaping the benefits of all the hard work you've put in. Maybe. Um me I'm in a transition period. Mm. I feel like every day I wake up that I'm waist deep in snow and I'm just walking through snow just yeah. finishing projects or things in my personal life. And so The reason I bring that up is once I started to realize what season I'm in, it took away a lot of that fear. It Mm. took away a lot of that negativity and that stress that was going on in my mind. And then I also knew what I needed to do Mm. because when you're walking through waist deep snow, really your only option is just continue moving forward. You're not going to, you definitely need to rest and collect yourself, but you can't stop yeah. There is no stopping because if you stop, you're
1: going to die. You kind of have to have the mindset that I'm built for winter.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that too as well. Yeah. Um, that I have worked hard mm-hmm. in the past. That I am ready for this Yeah, storm. If you can
1: like, build a business now in winter, Like your business gonna, is going gonna sh- like, to thrive when it comes to spring and summer and fall.
0: Yeah. And, and just whether it's a business or building yourself too – yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so once I realized what season I'm in and what was required of me, it's not, some, my buddy told me the other day, and I don't know which president uh, said this, so I'm, I am paraphrasing ultimately what one of our forefathers told us, but it's not always what, that I need to do my best right now. It's not about doing my best, it's doing what's required of me. And so instead of waking up saying, okay, I'm gonna give today my best. Right. Well, I'm gonna wear myself out if I'm trying to give my best every single day where I'm at right now, because there's so many things that are outside of my control. Mm -hmm. The economy, other people, uh, there's not a lot of certainty personally for me in my life. So Mm -hmm. it's not every day I'm waking up and saying, okay, I'm going to give today my best, best foot forward. No, today I am going to do what is required of me. Right. And I know right now what is required of me. And as long as I'm doing that day in and day out, I am going to make it through my winter Mm -hmm. into spring, because as we know, too, seasons don't last forever. Nothing is permanent, even though it could feel like that. So for me right now, winter, pushing through, I'm doing what's required. And that takes so much pressure off, so much stress off, mm-hmm. and I can stay laser focused on what it is yeah. I need to do every single day. It's like running a marathon, mm-hmm. right? You can't run a marathon in two steps. Right. You just gotta take that step every mm-hmm. step of the way, essentially. Yep. And so- Just uh, keep
1: building, just focus on what you can control in this
0: Yeah. Moment. Yeah, exactly. And it's so cool to hear, for you personally, That you've done all these great things from baseball to Ninja Warrior to being an entrepreneur, and you've hit certain benchmarks, but you've taken everything that you've learned from those and you're starting to apply it Mm -hmm. to the next chapter of your life. Right. Not sitting back and saying, oh, the good old days. Yeah. Man, baseball. The girls that were sitting on on the bleachers watching me play as I was like hitting home runs or whatever. Right. Uh, My my sports uh, stuff doesn't come out the best, by the way. So (laughs) as I as I hit, yeah, no, I I know baseball pretty well, but I'm just joking. Um. But I've I've never never heard you like be one of those people that reminisce like the good old days, right? Type thing. Mm -hmm. You're always focused on okay. What am I gonna do today to give yeah. it my best, to do what I need to do? So right now you're working with BrandU, mm-hmm. building brand stories, which by the way, yeah. I think is absolutely incredible what you guys are doing. It's different than anything I've ever seen before. And I think it's gonna give your clients just a leg up on anything else that's out there. Yeah,
1: we're definitely focused on delivery. Um, I think we have a really cool system going um basically I don't know if you ever heard the Joe Rogan saying like act like there's a documentary crew like following you around and filming your life I haven't heard that but that I don't know I kind of I kind of awesome. like like to relate it to that yeah. uh, so I like brand new is that documentary crew okay we're following you around we're going in your life um, whatever you do that makes you unique like we're gonna film you doing it we're gonna film podcasts interviews and basically we create this. a brand story or we call it an impact story and it's a video where we tell your story in three minutes and it betrays your purpose and it's going to talk directly to your audience Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it kind of like puts you inside your own mini movie but it's only three minutes because people's attention spans are so short these days so we got to fit it like super powerful video in three minutes and then around that we create a bunch of content which is what it could be like podcast clips it could be professional photos or it could just be videos that um, kind of represent what you stand for. Mm-hmm. So, like maybe like thirty pieces of content, so you can continuously market your brand, your personal brand, your business, whatever it is. It's kind of what we do. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. So for a guy who's in media,
1: yeah, you've talked about podcasts. uh I
0: remember Joshua telling me you have your own podcast as well.
1: Yeah, it's called the Right Now Show. I, I do it with two of my my best friends from home, and we're okay. all like super like minded with like you know doing hard shit. Um, we're definitely like really in the health and we're actually going to start like a coaching program out of that to, okay. to help people in like our generation in their 20s find their purpose find their dream lifestyle get more healthy kind of reach your full potential kind of thing yeah so we're really we're working on like a system in order to do that so i'm really excited for that
0: oh that sounds amazing so that's a project that you're currently it's in the works right yeah now. it's in
1: the works yeah we're just getting started like we, we have like a we're doing one of one of my friend's brothers just like as like as like a test oh, okay okay but yeah we're, we're about to like r- really bring that to life and what was that called again it's called the right now show right now show yeah okay can so. can listeners
0: check it out on podcast oh, platforms or? yeah it's, okay it's
1: right now and then dot show on like right. instagram okay and then on spotify as well awesome man yeah awesome well that's incredible that is yeah, we have a lot of fun, fun on there we uh we're not very filtered like we any, any, anything goes like we'll joke around on that on that channel all the time but. well I, I
0: think these days people like especially with the podcast world and everything yeah. and,
1: and social media I want to see who you actually are
0: yeah yeah exactly I, I feel like the canned responses or the the broadcaster sound <laughs> yeah. you know I, it's just it, it works for certain things yeah but I feel like we're getting away from that like yeah the the traditional radio hosts mm-hmm. and all of that, people people just want to feel like they can connect with someone, right. like they can relate yeah. to somebody. And I think that's what the purpose of social media really was, connecting people. But mm. with filters, like you don't even know what people really look like, the filters on Instagram and things yeah, like that. And sure. so I think, I don't know, There's there's always going to be a drive for connection and authenticity mm-hmm. and people feeling like whoever they're, associating with is genuine right and so that's cool that it sounds like you guys are presenting that with your podcast i'm definitely going to check it out yeah for sure but uh no that's incredible so man just a whole bunch of great stuff man yeah um from baseball to ninja Mm -hmm. to entrepreneurship um where, where do you see all this going or are you kind of just like
1: enjoying the ride uh, I'm definitely enjoying the ride, trying to enjoy the process and the right now. Um, being, the dream is I want to travel the world and just help bring people's stories to life. Mm-hmm. So travel the world, work with people like you, other entrepreneurs and coaches, people that I can aspire to and people that I can learn to. Travel all around the world, have different experiences, and at the same time, make a living doing it.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, I, I feel like, Doing something like that can be so powerful because we get so stuck here in the U.S. on what's going on in our lives or what's going on in the U.S. hearing from news outlets what's going on with the country. Mm -hmm. But once you take a step out of our American bubble, you get to see and experience different views on life, different ways of living, different perspectives, different worldviews. And it is the times that I've traveled, it's been just absolutely incredible. But you're taking that a step further. You're not just saying, I want to travel because I want to see the world. I want to mm. experience different cultures. You're saying, I want to travel because I want to tell the stories
1: yeah. of people all over the world. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely is a selfish aspect to it, or like, I want to do that because I just want to have the most fun I possibly can in this life. Right. But as I'm doing that, like the impact I want to make is, you that's, know, that's a part of your mission though, right? It's definitely, yeah, 100%. Like help people, help share people's stories to the world and just use the skills and the and like everything that I've overcame in my life. Everything that God's given me and like use that and just impact and help as many people as I can. That's kind of like my mission.
0: Yeah. Well, stories are very powerful. I'm a huge documentary guy. Yeah. I watch almost every Netflix documentary that comes out. hmm it's interesting too though, and I hate that I'm knocking documentaries because I love them so much, but right. a lot of the documentaries I've been watching recently on on Netflix too is like so fear-based. Mm. And it's like I feel like I'm learning these like really important things. Yeah. But then again, they have their own agenda. Mm-hmm. They have their own way they want to tell the narrative. Right. And so even for somebody that loved documentaries for the longest time. I watched so many fear-based documentaries, like the world is going to collapse, the world is... <laughs> and I, I just had to shut that off too. Yeah. It it completely blew my mind. So I, I feel like as you're a filmmaker, mm-hmm. that's really, you're a storyteller and you use film. You make exactly. film to tell stories. Yeah. But there's so much responsibility that comes with something
1: like that. Yeah. Because you edit the stories you craft the narrative yeah i mean there's like the camera work and they like as i'm doing that camera work i also got to think of you know how like the person i'm trying to tell the story like how can i get them as comfortable as possible in front of the camera what questions can i ask them to open them up all that kind of goes into it like before i get there there's like a lot of prep work that goes into it as far as you know where we're going to film what am i going to try to capture to really tell this person's story and then after that um the editing room like i have to craft this add the music the transitions the sound effects and really make this story come to life yeah and try to portray it like exactly how that person wants it
0: yeah yeah exactly and there's the whole sales side keep the audience interested as well i think yeah with those documentaries they do push fear because that's what sells mm-hmm. but that's never been my mo and it doesn't sound like that's kind of your mo no. either
1: like fear or shock no, I guess my videos are very purpose-driven. Like, I want to work with purpose-driven people. Yeah. And I want, like, the video to really tell that per- person's purpose, tell that person's story, what they overcame in their life so that they can help people and impact people. That's kind of where, where I'm trying to go. There's, like, a lesson in every video that I do. Yeah. Uh, whatever, like, like your lesson, like, I don't know, what was your lesson in your video?
0: Uh, essentially that we can design our lives any way we want right and through our nervous system through our bodies through what we already have Mm -hmm. we can create the life of our dreams and we can do it exactly in a moment yeah so that's that was my message to share with the video that that you created that i went from this what i call average joe i went from average joe to a superhero in a very short amount of time exactly and so i think the way you did it through the film, mm-hmm. there was a lot of symbolism that you used, but then you also had me speaking, using um, kind of telling my story as well. Right. And yeah, the images you used were super powerful. And so, yeah, there's the whole cinematography to it as mm-hmm. well because you are creating a film. Right. So it was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But then when was? I watched it, I was like, "What is? Is this me? <laughs> right. Is this me?" <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. But I'm, I'm really excited for you from somebody who has traveled, not as much as I would have, would like to, but I, I will, but someone who has traveled to different parts of the world and experienced different cultures, you are going to have the time of your life Mm -hmm. because that was my favorite thing. When I traveled, I went down the tourist routes, but I always try to stay away from the tourist areas, mm. tourist food, tourist attractions. I wanted to get around the people, the yeah. locals. Mm. I wanted to stay yep. in local hostels, not travel hostels, but like local hostels where makes you, sense. essentially you stay with the family. Right. Those were some of my favorite times. They don't speak English very well, depending on where you're at, but I got to cook with them. I got to spend time yeah. with their family and they're just super appreciative of that too. Oh, yeah. Like one they're bringing in an income but mm-hmm. at the same time they they get to experience just different people from different parts of the world because I think when it comes down to it we are we're all the same. Yeah. We might just have different religious backgrounds, different political backgrounds, sl- you know, different world views, but at the end of the day we just want to feel connected and loved. Mm-hmm. Cuz we are all here, yeah, we all have the same the- desires. Yeah. Yes yeah exactly we got the same needs the same desires and the more you start to interact with people from different countries and, and different different upbringings and different worldviews you realize we're a lot more similar than we think we are yeah so i'm i'm super excited for that definitely i'm going to be following you on instagram and tiktok i am at i am zach day yes, sir. and i i just can't wait to see your evolution and where you're going to be taking not only your business but your life oh yeah because it seems like the sky's the limit for you man for sure so yeah man i appreciate it yeah yeah well thank you for coming on it, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on and man just can't wait to to see the next chapter
1: mm, me too yeah it's exciting 2023 is going to be a big year that's right. Yeah, uh, let's make it the biggest, the
0: biggest year yet. Twenty twenty two, I know, was good for you. It was fantastic for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's just hit the ground running, man. Absolutely. So cool. Sweet. Well, Zach, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Absolute pleasure once again.
1: And yeah, I just got a copy of your book, man. I got to read it. That's right. I, I think I, I read the, like the first page, and that was it. So. Hey,
0: it's good enough for uh, for an Amazon review and yeah, those I just, listening. Oh, I just got
1: it like 2 days ago, so yeah. <laughs> we there.
0: Well, yeah, and those listening, it is my book, Superhero by Design. It just yeah. came out. Pick up a copy online, Amazon Kindle, you can get it at my website as well, superherobydesign.com and rate it. Rate it 1 star if you hate it, rate it 5 <laughs> stars or however many stars it takes if you love it. I hear even if you read the cover, That qualifies for a five-star review. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, thank you once again for coming on. Yeah, bro. And uh, until the next time. Absolutely. So, cool. Well, appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for listening to me again. Like I said, if it wasn't for you guys, I'd probably just be talking to myself. So I'm happy that I get to uh, reach out to you and have amazing people like Zach Day here on the show. So take care. Take care. Finish out 2022 with a bang. Let's jump into 2023. And with that said, Ace out.
1: Happy holidays, guys. Happy new year. (laughs)